I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Thea Matthews, coming to us from San Francisco, California. She is a poet, activist. So Thea, I'm really so glad you could do this. This is great. Thank you. We share interests, and that's always, of course, fun for me. Where would you like to start? I'd, you know, I'd like you to be happy. <laughs> and, and focus on what you want to focus on, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're an activist and you write personal poetry. Uh, I do. Um, writing, I can talk about the creative process and the art of poetry, the craft, and how art is a political act. And as a poet, the obligation of um, what is my responsibility as an artist to society, right? What is my responsibility as a poet in society? I can definitely talk about that. Go for it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Don't mess around. <laughs> right? You just dive right in. I mean, yeah, I'm born and raised in San Francisco, California, and I'm um, very grateful to be here. Thanks, Charlie. And, you know, I am a poet, and what that means for me is that with words, I break silence. And with what I write, I have the divine opportunity to also break stigma. And I, you know, in terms of what I briefly say, refer to myself uh, as, is that I am one who writes in the complexities of humanity, uh, discusses and dives into grief, resiliency, and even at times the triumph over trauma. And the debut poetry collection, Unearth the Flowers, is autobiographical by nature. And each poem essentially becomes almost like a classification of a flower where I incorporate symbolism and personification, but I also intertwine uh, these vivid scenes, these memories, and what it means uh, to endure, but also transcend trauma, transcend aspects of life that are just uncomfortable, right? Uh, as an artist, as a poet, I often can refer to myself as an alchemist, where writing is a form of alchemy where the book, I'll just take this because I only have one so far, one of many, <laughs> the first out the gate. <laughs> um, you know, um, Unearth the Flowers in many ways is a testament to the alchemy of healing, the alchemy of writing. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, I started to write poetry as an adolescent uh, where I didn't necessarily come from a long, line of writers or academics and mm -hmm. you know it, honestly i refer to it as just divine intervention that propelled me to put pen to paper and write mm -hmm. poem one poem two poem three and you know ever since i was young i was always fascinated by art and definitely fascinated by the play of language the mm -hmm. word play the yeah. use of words how they sound how they fall on the page all of that thing you know yeah. and i I was definitely drawn, you know, as a child, like to nursery rhymes and to Shel Silverstein. And it wasn't until years, years later where I became, and I'm still on the process, like still on the journey, right? Like yeah. of maturing um, and becoming more sophisticated, if you will, right? Where I have more intention with the dialogue I have with writers as I write my poetry. Yeah. But young, you know, starting out, 
I was writing to express myself. I was writing because I was, what I was holding was too much for me to hold. And I needed something to bear witness to the experience I was having. And in a strange way, even though creating is often a solitary act, there is this sense of being absolutely seen and heard, at least for me. Mm -hmm. uh, like when I write, it validates what I see, what I feel, what I hear. Yeah. And we need validation. We're social creatures. We need love. We need attention. You know, we need validation. And so much too of writing at times in a strange byproduct way. I get that as well. Um, you, uh, you, well, you know, one thing is uh, that you are interested in what you're saying, the content. Yes. But from what you've said, you're, you're also cons actually concerned with craft and imagery, whatever it is. You're, consider you're concerned with the artistic components of what you're saying. Just saying it is not enough for you. Right. Yeah, it's how you say it. It's like what is said. I mean, there's literary devices, you know, or the use of simile or metaphor sure. or the rhythm you know, the cadence, um, you know, it's kind of, yeah, what, like the images, like, is it, am I being descriptive? You know, like when I was at uh, UC Berkeley and studying June Jordan's program, Poetry for the People, that's directed now by Aya de Leon, and I learned from Aya, so much of what she carried on, carried over was these quite simple, like, I would like rubric, if you will, of, mm. like, you know, is there sensory language? Is there sensory details? Is it descriptive? Is the tone active? Yeah. Um, like, yes, there's a whole other array of writing poetry, you know, when it's like looking into different types of form and, you know, different poets. Um, but, you know, just to like get the ball rolling, it's like, you know, did I orient the reader? You know, what I'm saying, mm -hmm. is there enough context to give way? And- Wait a minute, I got an idea. Let's, yes. get a, let's get a poem in here and then just yes. keep keep talking what you're talking. Yeah. And, and then, so, we'll, then we'll have a, a reference, a specific reference right there. That's very cool. Okay, great. And so, yeah, and I started writing this um, during Poetry for the People. And what does it mean to be a poet for the people? Um, as a Black feminist, as a woman of color, what I write, too, tends to also really um, boister the notion of how the personal is political, right? And definitely I've been influenced by confessionalism where I reclaim that I. When I say I, I mean Thea Matthews, mm -hmm. right? So in chamomile, when I say, I ran through a storm once that lasted 10 years, I am saying me. I ran through a storm once that lasted 10 years. The rain drenched my clothes, my face streaked with cheap eyeliner. No one could tell how old my tears were until I found the sliver of dirt between concrete and the illumination of a once retired smile, a hopeless squint of plucked feathers, a vinyl box of thank you cards. The wind blew and guided me. I ignored its warning. At times, saw light through shattered windshields, and I mastered the art of shattering. To mourn the existence of waiting in line to die is to tolerate my own breath, stomach the laments, face life calmly, and slowly blossom to a kettle boiling. 
Rain Lily. And the thing with this collection is that each title, right, each poem, if you will, is given a flower. Mm-hmm. And I incorporate elements of that flower, whether it's looking at the historical significance of the flower, where it originates in land, mm-hmm. or looking at just its physical attributes. I tie it in into the fabric of my life. It's what I've experienced. And then sometimes there's definitely a surreal, com- surrealist component to it. Regularly. One day you'll read the lines on my face. Know the lawlessness under my skin and my bones. And you'll know the silence each, each crevice holds. From the black of my blood to the plaque behind molars, the scars of finding gold. You'll see me shine like a glass case of knives. And you'll know the sharpness of each two. How children speak with knotted tongues. How men in power lost control of their hands. How bystanders became politicians. I tore skin, ran across the plains, sought the Pacific, rested near redwoods. I am the flowers of West Wind. So what, what for you is the, the nugget of that poem? The nugget. Um, I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of so when reading rain lily the sharp edges um yeah. kind of like no one walks away from life unscathed that there is a sense of ruggedness to survival whether um at least for me for my survival um at times where i can be jaded or at times just <laughs> A little bit too sarcastic. There's a little, <laughs> um, like, and also too the strength. So there's it's like two parts where like no one walks away unscathed from survival in life, but then too like the resiliency, the ability to come back, mm-hmm. no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you written any really, uh, I know you're there with a book, which had been written a little while ago. Have you written anything yeah. about like what's going on immediately? I have pictures of you being out there uh, on the lines, speaking yes. out. Yeah. I have, you know, and I mean, I've done, um, I've been part of political actions and I've been politicized for, for quite some time now and been part of demonstrations and helped with grassroots community organizing within like the last five years or so. And I've written a few poems in this collection that touch on my experience of Black Lives Matter and work with Standing Rock. And then as of late, oh, I have been writing poems. Mm. Definitely (laughs) in lieu of striving for what does it mean as an artist, as a writer, as a poet, uh, documenting this time, really. in many ways, I identify myself also as an ethnographer uh, through poetry, where, where I'm an active participant in the world, but I'm also studying it, watching it. Um, and then as a historian, I get to document it. Yeah. Uh, I have gone much more radical lately with what I've been writing and definitely been uh, interacting more with Amiri Baraka. You know, with oh. Unearthed Flowers, it was like June Jordan, 
um, a lot of just open mics, like, yeah, sorry, no one, <laughs> but oh, Mary Barack. Oh, no, that's really, that's good to know. That's interesting to know. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's going to help you stay radical. Yes, sure. very much so. It's definitely, you know, been a contra, like, was a controversial poet, yeah. um, for sure, and has issues, yeah. as we all do. Some of what he is writing, though, speaks really closely to me, and that's kind of where I get to run with it. You know, I've definitely yeah. also been inspired by poets of Morgan Parker, Jericho Brown, oh, yeah. for sure, Jericho Brown, Ter uh, Terrence Hayes. Oh my gosh. And so, um, such poets definitely have been really speaking and documenting yeah. the time. And um, I can read you. So, a newer poem that is inspired by Amiri Baraka. Well, he wrote this poem titled Black Art. And I, it's an emulation piece um, mm -hmm. where the last four lines are of Amiri Baraka's poem taken sure. from Amiri's uh, poem, Black Art. Hey, people should appreciate that. Right? It is rather spoken. <laughs> That's very <laughs> cool. Let's hear a poem inspired by Baraka. Yeah. Sure, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, um, there is, oh, I should probably say there is one curse word in there. No problem. We are completely, go for it. <laughs> okay. And if you, you want to add it, we'll just put it in. We'll, it's just whatever. Okay. And then let me know. I can also read another poem that I've written recently in sure. lieu of what's going on. Because these times are mm, challenging. You did major oh in sociology. Gosh. There's so much, yes, I earned my BA in sociology. What does it mean to be a black feminist, right? With the intersection of race, class, gender. So my baby poetry collection of Unearth the Flowers, it largely speaks really to, on like the Me Too movement, right? Yeah. Breaking silence, breaking stigma, reclaiming the female body, reclaiming my power um, as a woman of color who has experience with enjoying sexual violence yeah. and really saying like my power is now mine you know through poetry through the craft of wordplay yeah. as i continue to write you know definitely incorporating more of elements that address structural systemic oppression structural racism and systemic oppression where i'm looking at the effects of gentrification yeah. in communities of color where i'm looking at houselessness and displacement where i'm looking at <laughs> clearly the state of our current uh, political climate and do we truly need cops? What is it, what, you know, what is the function of a cop? Um, historically, like, over, like why do yeah. we have this type of state? And so, you know, Mary's work. So I want to just give that disclaimer of like, it is, it's a Mary Baraka and this is an emulation poem. And right. this is the week of the protests and, of, you know, when the nation really lit itself on fire, right? Like yeah. there's a strong demand to burn this shit down. If you yeah. don't know, understand why, then we need to really study history to know why. Yeah. <clears throat> so poems. Poems ain't shit unless they are the tongue of which we scream, I can't breathe. Or black youth in flights for another breath bursting windows or to the call of a land in need of her people, streamed live, poems, poems. We want poems that set fire to parking lots of cops. 
cop cars used to kill black life, bands once used to bust the wounded to prison. We want poems that shoot bullets, poems that kill. We want poems like batons beating protesters out on bridges, or Glock 19 poems near the undercover cop's belly, or Glock 22 poems that break glass in an instant. We want poems that say fuck you to a system inherently racist, unjust to all humans. We want poems that infiltrate the mind, wrestle with misapprehension, poems that beat cops into the back streets and take all their arsenal, leaving them for hours face down in their own blood while several passersby take selfies, chuckle at the sight of cold bacon. And look, Infiltrators got bricks in hand, while the truest leader is a trusted servant, who protects is the one who lives among the people, who does not precipitate endless cries of mothers who lost children to shady bullets, kneecaps, white fists, blue uniforms. We want poems. We want poems so black the world sees black. Let the world be a black poem and let all black people speak this poem silently or loud all right uh, that uh, that's what poetry should do among other things but yeah you know, he wouldn't have written that poem but i'm sure another san francisco poet uh lawrence ferling jetty would approve <laughs> thank you yes yeah you know um definitely i've been writing for the most part every day for the month of june um I felt I, I'm ready to, you know, I, I think in the beginning of shelter in place and quarantine, there was a lot of grief and a lot of just adjusting to a new baseline of existence, really. And there was a lot of personal uh, upheaval to an extent. And so I had to feel the feels. And so by June, when shit was really popping off, really, right, when there were things that were occurring on a national scale and again, seeing murder on camera, I was ready to take it. I was ready to be like, okay, yeah. like time to write, time to be on the streets, time to march, time to speak, you know? Um, so what's the aftermath? You know, here's another new poem I've written. And it's curious to see how this goes. This is really new shit. I can read, um, some poems from Grim Grime, but uh, and then I'll go back to Unearth, but I'll read one short one, if, if that's okay. This city is vicious expressionism, the lyric of a sky so high, clouds vomit in the line for more, where trans women hustle with grace and skyscraper men are a dying breed. Could you ever stand in such beauty on the asphalt of cop? so bored they play with fireworks and are left with toy guns to shoot in pig pens. No more murder. A license to kill revoked. Black people carve initials on trees, once forced to hold the lynch. Like bodies swaying from defeat, flames now sway to reparations. Yeah. And you're coming to New York soon to get an MFA at New York University. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah, when I hear your poems, I think you'll fit right in. Thank you. <laughs> in in the old apple. Is that new book a bigger format? I say holding it there. Yeah. Um, a little bit bigger. I'm just curious. No, this is the size. This 
is the standard size just of the book. book size. Okay. Yeah, just book size. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty excited. So, you know, I mean, it's an electrifying letter to family, country, and self. Unearth the flowers, an essential collection, relentless in its journey through stages of grief and healing while celebrating life, right? So each poem is an anthem for resiliency, a testament right. to survival. Um, yeah. I can read another poem. And so, because yeah, I address, I talk to family in this poem, in this collection, and I talk to the nation, I talk to myself, you know, I'm talking with the reader to really like invite the reader in to remind them they're not alone, to remind them that, hey, this is what healing looks like for me, to remind them of looking at how the, like holding both, like holding the fragility of flowers, but yet the strength and stamina of life. Because it's like, why flowers, right? They look like such dainty little things. You know, you just chop them up, give them a bouquet, like um, easily, you know, stepped on, can easily be killed. But yet flowers precede humanity. And all medicine originates from flowers, from land, from earth. And so... There's this magic, you know, lack of better word, that there's this, and I just, I draw parallels between land and body and how medicine and recovery, you know, starts from within as much as revolution starts from within. It starts within the mind and within the body. Protea, which is one of the oldest flowers, originates in, in parts of Africa, often titled King Protea. The original, flesh, bone, blood, flower boiling from kinship, source of civilization, of etiquette, of elegance. Families derive from her spine. Nations grow from her womb. She knows every language, every intonation, every pause given to silence. Her screams rattle spirits and bodies. Her cries expel the wicked. She spits white phlegm into the fire. She is the mother who knows. Her children have been wounded, households infiltrated. She roars, moves, emanates life in spite of extinction. She survives, thrives, cradles humanity in her arms. No one, nothing, can kill her. Yeah. Delicate yeah. and resilient. Yes. <laughs> a great combination. <laughs> you know? A great combination. Well, I think we have time for one more poem. Why don't we do that? Okay, one more poem. Yeah. Oh, I'll do um, Fuchsia. It's the last poem in the collection. Believe me, my cracked lips and stained tongue a burning stomach in a no-backbone bedroom did not deter the swift flight of endurance, the remembrance of sweetness, of survival. Hummingbirds came once I tasted my tears, yet sometimes I, I still close my eyes to the sun. I see the glaring red of my florid skin, swollen inside, irritated, infected from pesticides the warmth of invasion of his cold fingers inside. I cry, growl, 
slice arteries with teeth. I wrestle with the treachery of men until I throw prayers into beads of nectar, break the hacks of hatred, ground the betrayal into fertile land. I grow from the whispers of shh, don't tell nobody, fingers over lips. Today, my mouth like legs rests wide open. Believe me, he knew someone would. Oh, why thank you. And thanks for ending with, that, that does make a good final uh, poem. It's been really great to visit with you and hear your poetry. Thank so folks, you. Yeah, so folks, I'm Charlie Rossiter. You are listening to Poetry Spoken Here, visiting with Thea Matthews out in San Francisco, but before long, she'll be living in New York City. Now I'd like to talk to you a little bit about something I think you will find interesting. It is a free streaming service available online, called tubitv.com. That's T-U-B-I-T-V dot com. I do believe it is worth your attention if you're the kind of person who listens to poetry spoken here. I'll just start with an item that, to me, is of particular interest. The following program is from N-E-T. There's an old TV show that they have the episodes from. It's one year, about 15 episodes. The show is called Soul with an exclamation point. It's Soul, and this is your announcer, Joe Dennis. And tonight on Soul, a conversation between James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. And they're hour-long episodes of interview and performance. I was especially delighted to come across the episode that focused on the work of Bob Kaufman, the not-so-well-known-as-he-should-be black poet of the Beat Generation. The work is performed by Ozzie Davis and Ruby Dee. This is in the early 70s, so they are quite young. Kaufman loved jazz. Many examples of the superb use of music with poetry can be found. These guys know what they're doing. The poem does not get turned into a song. I am sitting in a cell with a view of evil parallels, waiting thunder to splinter me into a thousand knees. The music comes in and supports what the poem is saying. Whether it's a solo guitar or a four-man jazz combo, the music supports the poetry. Doors roll and bang. Every slam of finality, bang. The junkie disappeared into a red noise, stoning out his hell. And it's just great to see somebody doing it right because so many people don't quite get it. Another treasure in the Soul series this is a double feature, two episodes. 24-year-old Nikki Giovanni, with a really baby face, interviewing James Baldwin. I would think that one of the reasons that, that uh, the Americans are in such trouble now is because the game is running. 
It was running until up, until up, up until only yesterday, really. <laughs> Would you believe today? You know, and all of a sudden, through the American astonishment, the Americans have suddenly discovered that the people in the world don't like them. Yeah. Now, I always knew that. And Baldwin is always interesting, no matter who's interviewing and no matter what he talks about. So those are another two wonderful hours of video for you to enjoy. There's more. I won't go into the details. It's easy enough to search around and find things that interest you. So that's just to say it's on TubiTV.com. I'm Charlie Rossiter. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. Be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Munley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. <laughs>